You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2017, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this holiday season is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, kind of an interesting week, lots of... Uh major changes going on here, so we'll have plenty of things to talk about. No doubt about that, and it is uh, Mr. Uh, Santa Sprott. We're just a couple days away from Christmas, and so as we mentioned several weeks in a row, people really should check out that 2017 holiday catalog from Sprott Money. It is fantastic. All kinds of great deals in there. SprottMoney.com is where you will find it. Yeah, still time to get the perfect gifts, 2007 holiday catalog. All right, my friend, uh, it has been a, an interesting week in price. We bottomed out for the third year in a row right after an FOMC rate hike in December. And now we've moved higher, moved higher nicely, uh, even though interest rates have moved higher, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it looks like we've had the, the cot structure washed out. It looks like all that ties together. How are you feeling here as we close in on the end of the year? Well, I mean, I share your, um, your optimism towards what's happening. And of course, the we, you and I talk about the commitment that traders have put so often it's kind of crazy but about, we all know that it has such a huge effect on the prices of the metals and of course last friday's report was just stunningly positive for the the future of uh, both silver and gold with a tremendous reversal in uh, the commercial short position and and but at the same time the elimination of the the uh, hedge funds or technical funds long position so the commercials now have the technical funds exactly where they want uh, they got a short position that they probably have to cover here, and uh, I would imagine that uh, we should look forward to uh, a period of time here uh, when the prices just keep rising. And of course, this tends to happen coming into year end here. Seems seems to me the pressure comes off, and away we go. So uh, we have that to look forward to. I think the stocks would react kind of smartly to gold getting back above. Uh, Thirteen hundred dollars here, and certainly, if uh, silver could pop back through seventeen, uh, I think you'll see lots of interest in the uh, in the in the shares as well. Yeah, we've already seen Eric uh, in the last seven days. The Huey index is up seven percent, uh, and so that seems to be already bouncing back. Do you think we're already through the period of tax loss selling and that kind of thing? Because uh, the shares are doing better than the metals. Well, I would certainly think we're through the tax loss selling. I mean. <laughs> People have, you know, lots of days to, to do their tax preparation. They don't have to wait for the last day, and the last day hasn't arrived yet. And I guess the last day might be, we might have like two trading sessions before, um, so you can realize a capital loss. So, I, I yeah, I don't think that's going to be an impact here in those two days because most people would would have already done things to, uh, to get their books in order. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, Craig, when I reflect on what happened in the COT commitment of traders report, I mean, it's, it's just, again, sickening. <laughs> we play it against him, right? Yeah. Run it up. Commercials get short. Run it down. Commercials cover the short. I can't understand that the technical funds would just sit there and get their heads beat in every time. I mean, it's almost, it's hard to believe. And there's there's a lot of things about the CME that are hard to believe, by the way. And I we probably should now maybe move into these exchange for physical uh, things, shenanigans that kind of go on at... Uh, uh, at the end of every day, and I think you have some data about how many, how many tons of product theoretically were shipped over to uh, to London this last week. Yeah, another fifty thousand contracts that were, I guess, we'll call it settled 
or moved off of the Comex. Another <laughs> 50,000 contracts just this week. Uh, and, and, and again, since we've been keeping track now, it's been uh, four weeks, and that's about the running average. We're up, uh, I don't know, what is that now? What was it, 200,000 as of last week? So now we're at 250. I mean, it's just remarkable uh and i was going to say they're huge amounts when you put them in tons too right it's about 150 tons a week i mean you start doing over 600 tons a month when the mines x russia x china only produce 2200 for the full year and we're flipping 600 tons over to uh to london and there was a great article written by Stuart doherty who talked about these exchange for physicals and shipping them off to uh to london and I think the essence of this article was, well, this is where, you know, they ship these contracts that are entered into between the various banks. They ship them over there to die and die in the sense that it's, it's an unregulated market. It's opaque. And okay, boys, we've got to settle this all up. Now I sold this to you. You sold this to me. Let's, okay, we all, all going to end up not losing money here. And, and the, and the contract disappears and the open interest was always updated and they used the agent of the COMEX to knock the price down. And then they settled it up over in London, which seems to, to make some sense because there's no way that we could be settling 150 tons physical right. over in London every week. I mean, it's just, we're talking, uh, three or four times the annualized production if it happened every week. And it, and this tends to happen every week these days. So, and it's a new thing. So it just must be. And, and of course the headline for Darty's uh, article was uh, it just proves that the paper markets are a fraud, which of course you and I have uh, come to believe that a long time ago. So let's hope that uh, our physical markets can react here. And I think we have some, some things happening today and this week in the crypto market that might take us there. Yeah, isn't that interesting? As we record here on Friday morning, uh, it was just five days ago that Bitcoin was uh, on Sunday pushing $20,000. Now it's down around twelve. And, you know, after a sustained run-up, I'm trying to look for anything that might have suddenly sparked a sell-off. And I guess the only thing I can find is the introduction of Bitcoin futures trading back on Sunday night. Uh, I don't know if they're Funny connected, thing. Eric, but but gosh, you and I it's, have some. It's experience. three letters. <laughs> it's three letters. C M E. Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Here we go. Let's do the cryptocurrencies. What we do with gold all the time. Because by the way, we hate cryptocurrencies more than we hate gold. Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. we get we get no benefit from cryptocurrencies whatsoever. So let's just go ding this thing. And uh, you and I talked about this, and of course, I was very leery about uh, these derivatives starting to trade on these futures exchanges, because what you, you kind of had a closed loop, if I can use Bitcoin right. as the example, because you can only create so many coins a week. But once you start trading the derivatives, man, it's wide open. Yeah. We've seen this in the gold market, where we can, we can trade you know, the whole year's supply of gold in a day. And imagine if somebody just wants to whack Bitcoin there aren't buyers there at that moment in time that this guy decides he wants to sell a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. So you see these huge falloffs, and it's not even just Bitcoin either, right? It's throughout the whole cryptocurrency um, uh, array, uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash and uh, Litecoin. And I mean, all of these things are just huge, huge declines today, like in the 20s and 30s of percent in a day. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, of course, I've never really been a believer in 
in Bitcoin that it, it really stood for anything other than, yeah, I can understand people not wanting fiat currencies. I can understand people not wanting to deal with banks. I can understand people trying to hide things from the government. But look at the appreciation that, that happened, and, and you got to wonder, well, it's a greater fool thing, right? Like somebody else has to buy this thing from you. And if that other person stops buying it, it's over. And, uh, you know, there's lots of people suggesting that this could go down to, uh, you know, like a very, very, very low level. And, of course, bringing it back, uh, one of the things I think might happen here is people will realize that gold and silver are real things. When you buy them, you have a coin. You have something tangible that's not about to disappear. So I think that could be the the real benefit from from the sort of demise of cryptocurrencies, if you will. I'm not wishing their demise, but... I'm not a participant in the cryptocurrencies. Right. And it's like what we've experienced with gold and silver since 1974. It's like the experience of uranium futures. I'm sure you've seen that chart, Eric, where uranium was going almost parabolic like Bitcoin until about the day they began uranium futures trading in 2007. And now once the banks seek, uh, sink their fangs into uh, whatever it is they want to manipulate and profit from, Oh boy, uh, what a eye-opening experience for all of the Bitcoin believers out there. No, I totally believe it. I mean, I was there with the uranium in 2007. I saw the CME approved the contract. I thought, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Because you know, these they, they have an open-ended um, uh, checkbook here. Yep. It's open-ended. I mean, these are banks that are protected by their central bank. They can sell as much as something as they want. They'll find some scheme to settle it somewhere else, just like maybe they're doing in the gold markets now with these EFPs being theoretically settled in London. Yeah, sure they are. Uh, it's just a total, uh, I mean, it's just a, a totally disadvantaging uh, people. And is it any wonder that when I see charts about, you know, how the uh, uh, 50% of the population, their share of income keeps going down and the 1% keeps going up. You know what? We just experienced that today. When yeah. the banks are probably making a 30% decline in the cryptocurrencies, and the 50% are losing every damn dime of it. Yep, that's because right. Because the system's rigged. Yep, that's right. Just awful. Well, all right, my friend. In, in the time we have remaining, I know a lot of folks uh, would love to uh, get pick your brain, get some expertise on uh, what happened yesterday with the press release out of Australia regarding Novo Resources and uh, what your thoughts sure. are there. Uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride this year and now we're back down about maybe the share price been about cut in half over the last 90 days. Uh, so if you could just kind of touch on that a little bit as we go. Sure. Sure. Um, well, of course there, there was some disappointment in the news release. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay. And, uh, there was, uh, the previous release suggested that the gold was at the lower part of the conglomerate. So let's say the conglomerate theoretically was 10 meters thick, that the gold tended to concentrate on the bottom of the conglomerate, which makes some sense from a precipitation uh, thesis. Um, In this release, they basically said that it was in sort of half a meter at the bottom, and the two samples that they took from there ran, I think, 15 and 17 grams, which are very good grades, by the way, and very mineable. The one trench sample they took above that only ran, I think it was either 1.3 or 1.7 grams, let's say 1.3. Um, which, again, is still mineable on an open pit basis, but not certainly not on an underground basis. So one of the things that it does is it, instead of having, you know, 10 meters of possible pay zone, now we get down to half a meter, well, that, that makes it uh, a lot smaller than, you know, the tens of billions of ounces that some of us might have imagined could 
possible it happened had it been through the whole structure. So in that sense, it's it's downsized. Not to say that it can't be many tens of millions, because the space, the area we're talking about, you know, is potentially 100 kilometers by 100 kilometers as we go into the former sea basin. So it still has, and we do find they do find the conglomerate uh, over. I think they said it was a kilometer and a half by half a kilometer. So that's a that's where they've had these scout holes that they found the conglomerate. So it's fairly consistent. Um, and now we got to find some way to to um, prove up a reserve. And so far, it's been difficult because these scout holes, which are very narrow holes, uh, they don't necessarily hit a nugget, and it's all it's a nuggety type of deposit. So I think they've drilled, you know, over 50 scout holes. But collectively, the the area that those scout holes will cover is it covers about half a meter, because they're very small little holes. So even if you take 50 small little holes, it only covers half a square meter. So and if you don't hit the nugget, you, you, you're not getting any grade. And if you hit a nugget, it'd probably tell you you had 100 ounces a ton or something. So uh, that's been unfortunate. The wider diameter has been unfortunate because it's too wide. So we have to find ways of whether it's trenching or doing a big major bulk sample. I think they got approval to do a 20,000-ton bulk sample. We're going to have to wait on that and, and see how that turns out. So people don't like having to wait. They don't like bad news. Stock sells off. Let's hope that uh, we can prove up that there's still a, a huge resource there. Sounds good to me. And it sounds like 2018 is shaping up to be a rather interesting year, would you say, between uh, all of the different political and geopolitical risks that are out there. Gosh, uh, everything that's going on with Bitcoin, gold, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to follow as we go along. And I look forward to visiting with you as we go through the year, that's for sure. You know, it could get very exciting, Craig. I I think about all the money that theoretically went into these cryptocurrencies, of which, as you know, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> hundreds. It's a lot of money, okay? And if that money wants to get refocused, anti-fiat, anti-bank, anti-government, there's only one place to go. And it would take so little. I, I was just imagining for myself, you know, just a little of this money came into the silver market. Yep. Wow. Could it ever be dramatic? Maybe we get... Things that would happen to the silver market, uh, things that would ha- like what happened to the cryptocurrency market, because the cryptos having, you know, uh, uh, Bitcoin having gone from I think it almost touched twenty thousands down at, I think it touched something in the twelve thousands. I mean, that's a serious, serious correction. It, it looks more like a bear market to me if you, you know, look at at history and these quick declines. I mean, that's, that's way beyond normal here. So, and we know that it was a bit of a mania. So, you know, what would we expect coming out of that? I suspect that uh, it may go a lot lower and it, it might get people focused on the markets that you and I care more about. So but we look forward to that. We're going to have one call before uh, before the new year. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Sounds good, my friend. Until we talk again next week, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And to everyone out there from Sprott Money News, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Eric, I look forward to talking to you next Friday. Great, and Merry Christmas to all the listeners, and uh, look forward to chatting as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Again, we'll talk to you next Friday.